let's get it over with. <laughs> yeah, as we hit record, let's get it over with. Mm, um, did I ever, have I ever talked to you about how I'm afraid of flying? No, you haven't. But I saw you posted something like that on oh, in, yeah. Instagram Honestly. recently. You were like, you know, it hasn't kicked yeah, in yet or something. Yeah, yeah. I took a Xanax. It like, really was a little too slow. <laughs> too slow on the pickup. Uh, yeah, I really try to avoid flying as much as possible. Um, and I, it is completely irrational. Like, I really consider myself a very rational person. Mm-hmm. And I am fully aware that my fear of flying is, like, completely irrational. Um, what is it that you fear? Is it crashing? Is it the confined space? Like what? What is it? Is it heights? You not like heights a, in general. Like what is that fear? It's not. It's not heights. Um, it sort of happens in stages. Like initially, it's. Um, I just get a lot of like what if situations. Like I'm like, oh no! Like what if one of the engineers like didn't tighten a screw like well enough, and like the wing goes flying off, mm-hmm. or like what if we pull a sully and like some geese come out of nowhere as we're taking off and like the engine explodes, yeah. or like what? And then once we're in the air and once we're cru- at cruising altitude, um, I start to panic because I'm like, we've been up here too long. Humans are not meant to be in the air. <laughs> I'm freaking out. Why aren't we landing? But science should not get past God. If, if God had meant for us to fly, he would have given us wings. Exactly. Exactly. So I was just curious what your, um, if you have like an irrational fear. <laughs> um, I don't really. People always ask me like, what are you afraid of or whatever? And like all of my fears are like more like, you know, psychological things like you know failure and rejection and like Mm. be being found out or like Mm -hmm. i'm terrified that like i don't all of my nightmares are all like there's a class that i haven't been going to that i thought i dropped but actually it's still on my transcript and like everyone's been like where the fuck has jack been yeah yeah and then like you know there's a paper due tomorrow right and i'm like i haven't been going what there's a paper i and, and like that, like the yeah. fear of everyone behind my back being like, oh my God, what an idiot. Yeah. That, yeah. And also that there's something I should have been doing that I didn't realize I was doing. So like kind of ignorance yeah. of something. But that's, it's you terrifying. said that happened, those, those are like your nightmares, but like also do you feel that in real life too? Sometimes, yeah. Like imposter syndrome sort of stuff? Imposter syndrome, but also like. There was, you know, when other people at work gossip about other people, I always am like, oh, yeah, yeah, what are yeah. they saying about me? What yeah, see, I just me? don't tell my coworkers anything, so they have nothing to talk about. <laughs> You're just, like, mysterious. I don't Everyone's divulge like, any don't personal information. So they're talking about that behind your back. Yeah, they're yeah. like, do you know anything about Who Melina? Is she? <laughs> I don't know anything about her. I Jesus. don't know shit. Like, she's yeah. so cold and distant. <laughs> Literally, when I worked in, I worked at this pizza place, like, back in high school, and people were, were always like, we don't know anything. Like you're, oh, you always just like come into work, do your work, and go home. And I'm like, yeah, it's a job. I'm not here to like here be to your friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want, like the back? I didn't come here to make I didn't friends. I came here to make friends. I came here to make money. Bye. Yeah, I came here to win. Yeah. You know. Oh my god, that's amazing. I know. No, okay. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, like they're like those kind of like normal fears, I normal. guess. You know, like that's great. I don't have like I I don't like spiders. I'm afraid of spiders, but mm. I'm also not like so so afraid of spiders yeah. although they freak me out and I don't really like them at all because sure. of the, the the legs and all that kind of oh, stuff yeah, but there's nothing normal. yeah but there's not like heights does, don't bother me I'm not claustrophobic yeah um, I don't mind flying I don't mind I, any of that kind of stuff okay yeah 
right on. It sounds like a very well-adjusted young man. I mean, <laughs> except, except for all the social stuff where I'm right, just like sure, in my sure, own sure. head being like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Sure, sure. That yeah, person same. hates me now. That person said one offhand comment, and now I'm thinking that like they hate me. Speaking <laughs> of uh, social anxiety, shout out to our therapists who both was. <laughs> yes, hey there. Hey, I wonder up? when you'll get to this episode. Yeah, he told yeah, me yeah. last week that he was on epi- He listened to the first two episodes. Okay, he so didn't he say, and I plan to keep listening. <laughs> so I didn't hear that. So if you're listening to this, it might be months from now. Yeah, what's recording up? It. But but thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for your help. Thanks for what you do professionally. I love it. I listened to the first two and like crickets. <laughs> There's no like. Oh, and, and like, can't wait to listen to the other. <laughs> he might have said something nice like that, no, but sure. I was just like, oh, yeah, yes. I'm so far listening to the first two, and so far is like oh. kind of a non-committal committal thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, boy, oh boy. Well, we met a, a hell of a psychiatrist today, and in, in this episode, mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Welcome, by the way, to, to the, the ethical. ethical Butchers. butchers. Oh, that's going to be a thing now? We're going to say that in unison from I now? really don't want to. I, <laughs> no, that's kind of corny. Oh, you don't? Yeah, it's very corny. It's very podcasty. It is. Um, I want to get more podcasty. Again, I want to get to the close talking to the microphone. Yeah, that's going to be a thing, definitely. You know, the production. I feel like th- there, the was some meme, there was some meme I saw somewhere that was like murder podcast, like three women drinking wine talking about like murder. And it was mm-hmm. comedy podcast. Five white men laughing, talking over each other. God, that's so true. That's so true. As I was listening yesterday to um, Never Seen It Again, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is just like three white men like telling jokes over each other, but it's funny. I've been listening to Dr. Game Show, which is these two hosts, uh, Joe Firestone and her Manolo is her co host. They have guests on comedians. Recently, they've had a comedian in. And like a kid on, they had Jason oh, Manzukis and Manolo's ten-year-old niece, oh. <laughs> and they play games submitted by listeners, and they're like crazy-ass games. Oh, weird! Um, they, but they play three games an episode. Like one episode was like, "Is this a Star Wars character or is it an NPR host?" And they were saying <laughs> oh, these insane I names. Love that. <laughs> Kai Rizdal. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I love Kai Rizdal, by the way. Shout out marketplace. to Marketplace. <laughs> marketplace Morning Report. That's, That's right. how I used to know if my old job. If I was running late, yeah, yeah, I go now. I go by one A because it comes on at nine. I'm like, if I if nice. I'm leaving the house and one A is on, I'm late. Trouble, <laughs> yeah, because on point's not on anymore at nine. Yeah, not at that time. Yeah, I know it used to be on point. Welcome back to talking NPR, everybody. It's just <laughs> yeah, we just we talk about NPR. Yeah, I've stopped listening to On Point once Tom Ashbrook left, even though he turned out to be he left because he was a, like a piece of shit a big dick yeah yeah he was a big dick um, <laughs> he was a big dick uh, I do love fresh air fresh air is my jam love fresh air Terry listen I'm even here for the newscast I'm here for Corva Coleman like she really yeah. keeps me updated her voice is lovely a, a, a local NPR host very very well been to her house multiple times oh Nina Cardona. oh cute love her yeah love her whole family I did a a Oh, what's his name? Tony Gonzalez's wife was in a craft show with me. The tight end, Tony Gonzalez? The whole no. thing? <laughs> no, but oft confused. Oft confused. Nice. It right. wasn't, it wasn't, uh, oh, well, never mind. I can't remember his name. Never Blake mind. Farmer. I did a thing with Blake oh, Farmer. Oh, yeah. Time. Or, um, what's that guy's name? His middle name's Moon. I, I, I don't know anyone whose middle name is Moon. Shut up. He's like the. Re- it's like Tyler Moon Wilkins or something like that. No one's better than uh, Ophabia Questarcton. I love her. I love I love her name. Ophabia Questarcton. I love, Dakar. I love when she says Dakar. Or she's in like Senegal. Accra. 
NPR News Decca. Jason Moon Wilkins. Jason is, Moon Wilkins. is the other um, co-host of our local NPR station. Is his middle name Moon or is Moon in parentheses? Not parentheses. <laughs> quotation marks. Jason Moon <laughs> Wilkins. Um, I think that's his middle name. I wish it was Jason Moon Quote unquote, Wilkins. Moon Wilkins. I just saw a political sign up in the country where I was doing a school visit. Excuse me. For a guy, some conservative running for state representative. His name is Sabi Kumar, and it's Sabi, quotes, Doc Kumar. Wow. He must be a doctor. Yeah, I guess, right? Sabi Doc Kumar, common sense conservative values. And it looked like it was made Oy. on Microsoft Word. It was the cheapest looking sign. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okie dokie. So welcome again to The Ethical Butchers, um, season one, episode six, Entree. Entree. Entree, yeah. which is funny. I Googled it because I was like, Entree is like the main course, right? Like, that's pretty... Uh, straightforward one. So, so it's the main course in U.S., Canadian, and in some places, and in traditionally in French, it's the dish before the main course, confusingly enough. I guess okay. entree means like enter or entry, yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Right. So it's interesting how it kind of then became the name that we use right, as for our main, main course. course, appetizer, entree, dessert. Like That's kind of how we think of in our typical three-course meal yeah. that most people eat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is kind of like the main course entree in a way of yeah. uh, of the season. Like it kicks it off. We've finally been teasing this for episodes. I know. And we're finally Again. here, and it yes. kicks it off. Yeah, we're because we are. We've met another very key character this, to this whole shebang that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there are there are some there are some big turning points. It felt like a, a big meaty plate of plot. It was great. It was this plot, new characters, new stuff. It was just great. Um, yeah. Any any shit eating or housekeeping? There's oh, a lot man. of people yes. who've reached out to us. We had so a lot of people reach out to us. Give some shout outs. I know. I'm I'm unprepared. Let me pull up Twitter yeah, and I was our thinking email. The same thing. Thank you to everybody who's reached out to us. You people are amazing. Now, obviously, I didn't really mean be rude or be mean to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I just people like, have been like, to... should I like have been rude? Like, you guys are so sweet and you're so amazing. Um, I think that was Kyla on uh, on Twitter. Twitter. I was like, hope this is rude enough for you. And I was like, please don't be rude to me. <laughs> she sent us an email about, about a lot of bloom as well, which we'll read. And then we got. It's just like y- y- you guys are so great. And like, yeah, I wasn't serious, so but fine. I was so expecting because. Um, no, but I think, okay, listen, my, my thing was a lot of fan bases are, like, rabid, and yeah. they will come for you. I'm thinking of the Star Wars fan base. Mm-hmm. Like, if you get something wrong, you might as yeah. well be dead. And so, but, like, this, the Fanables have been, been so, nice. so kind. And, like, we own up to who we are. We love the show, yeah. but we're not... We haven't been. I'm not saying we're not. We haven't been part of this Fanable fan base since the beginning. Yeah. You know? And you guys have been so welcoming, and we're just trying to be a voice in this community. We're not trying to take over for it or or pretend that we have always been. You know? And I... You guys have been so welcoming. Actually, a shout-out right now while you're looking that up, Melina, yeah. to the other Hannibal podcast, not the other, to another Hannibal yeah. podcast, um, Head Full of Hannibal, which I hadn't heard of. You guys gave us a shout-out on Twitter for mentioning us, and I'm really, really into it now. Um, yeah. So l- listen to those, ladies, if you haven't. Um, but they mentioned us in the most recent episode, episode 25. Oh, awesome. And they you know, just said this is a new podcast out there, and they said they were very honest. They said, you know, from what I hear... They're fans of the show, but not like in the fandom. Yeah, which is totally fair. Which is one hundred percent true. It's something we've said before. Yeah, sure. you know, we're trying to get into the fandom, and we love the show, and we're yeah. just two folks who love the show talking about it. So yeah. I appreciate everyone giving us insight and information. Um, and I love how yeah. sweet you guys are being about it. You I could know. totally be like, do some research. I know. I and and like I said, I think it was the last episode. I was like, we are like 
if you enjoy Hannibal but are lazy, because we enjoy Hannibal, the TV show, but yeah. are lazy. Love the so, show. Like, we watched it a bunch of times. I am 100% owning up to the fact that, like, I have not watched every Brian Fuller, ep- like, interview that he's done and, like, et cetera. So let me just start with a couple um, things that our friend Kyla, shout out to at Kyla underscore go on mm-hmm. Twitter, um, pointed out to us. Uh, uh, first of all, um, the Raven Stag, which Jack likes feather to call the, the Feather Deer. Feather Deer. Um, uh, sh- uh, they mentioned Kyla. I'm sorry, I don't know your pronouns, so I'm going to refer to you as they. Uh, they mentioned that uh, this is sort of like how Will's brain merges the imagery of the girl impaled on the stag's head and the crows that ravens that are crows slash ravens that are pecking at the body whenever they encounter it. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of like imagery on like crows and birds, which is obvious um so thank you for pointing that out um and then later on and we'll see this more so that the raven stag comes to represent we see this a little bit in this episode the raven stag comes to represent hannibal and will's relationship Mm -hmm. um and then sort of this like sort of dark omen imagery morphs into something else like even later on in the season uh which we'll see um uh, they, Kyla also mentioned that some of the sort of more flowery language that we encountered comes straight from the books, which yeah. is why it seems sort of out of place. Like the comment of Bring Hobbes it. being, quote, a shadow on, on dust. Oh, suspended there's some on crazy dust language like in this that. episode. I can't wait to get into it. Oh, yeah. It's bananas. It's bananas. And it has to come directly from the from the book. So that makes total sense. Thank you for pointing that out. It doesn't have to come directly from the book. Couldn't it be the screenwriter no, being like, let's get... Funky. I mean, no, but they it just stands out too much to be yeah, like, that's you fair. know what I mean? The way this normal people quote. talk on a day-to-day yeah. basis. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, Harry Potter movies done on occasion, they'll say a line, and it's like, this is from the yeah, book. Yeah, directly, yeah, and you know. Um, I, I think that I mentioned in a previous episode that Hannibal's office seemed, the way that um, his balcony was constructed, it seemed sort of imposing, or like a place where, um, like a predator would lurk, and... Um, Kyla said that it might be a metaphor for distance, sort of putting distance, allowing Will to like put distance between Hannibal mm-hmm. whenever they first encounter, allowing him to go up onto the balcony so yeah. he doesn't have to like sit there face to face with him because he yeah. knows that makes him uncomfortable. And later on, of course, we see Will come down from the balcony mm-hmm. and they do have those like one of It's like a Romeo and Juliet sequence, guys. Let, let's oh, yeah. see that. By any other I name. think there is some Romeo and Juliet like meme out there. It's a gif where it's like, is Romeo and Juliet or is it like Cinderella or one of those Disney movies where it's like Will is at the balcony with like doves <laughs> and then Hannibal's like Prince Charming or is it could be reverse? That. That's a gif out there. I've seen that before. Um, okay. And we got an email from yeah. Anne from Texas and it's a really long email that was so wonderful. Some great notes. She was super, super sweet. Super... Uh, supportive of us. Um, one note she said, you know, longer episodes, get rid of that clock. I appreciate the note, but I think for the sake of our listeners, yeah. we're going to try and keep a semi-limit because, you know, just... And our personal lives. Know, and, 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 yes, exactly. And our personal <laughs> lives, I have, you know, we have significant others and I have a child back home. We're not going to sit in the studio for, for hours on end. I feel like that would not be fair. But that's so nice of you to say. It's very nice that's of you. That's really cool. I am like still like worried about our first episode being a half an hour longer than the other ones. And I, I, I need to get over no, it. No, you have to and get I it. Need it's to gone. Get over it's it. out there and it's over. Honestly, I see aperitif and I'm like... Right, and, and I have a little bit 45. of an anxiety about it. Um, but since, just, just some wonderful notes. You pointed out how Bella wears white a lot, which in some cultures symbolizes death, Great which point. I never even thought about. And I think point. about white as like purity and virginity and kind of yeah. wedding white, but totally Absolutely. white can symbolize death in a lot of cultures. Um, 
the perfume is called Jar. Uh, mm-hmm. Freddie Lowndes is the vegetarian, which uh-huh, later. That's, that's right. that was the the yep, mistake. Yep, yep. I love this note that uh, Anne said. The angel is seen in the motel room. So Brian Fuller said the network gave him notes that there was too much exposure of bare butts, which is. <laughs> Unacceptable. So he said, as long as they just fill the ass cracks with blood, then all is okay. Which I want that to be true so much. But I feel like points out the insane hypocrisy and like yeah. network censorship. You can't have an Absolutely. ass, but you can have a back splayed with oh, skin yeah. and guts. Just blood Just don't have and ass. Organs. Just don't have an ass crack. But I, wanna, I don't want to see that ass. It's so ass crazy. Up. No, that's insane. It's so insane. Like, come on, give us more butts. Give us more dicks. Oh, more but Okay, well. No, no. I, I, read, I read an article a few years ago that was like, come on, Game of Thrones, give us more dicks. Oh, I did see that. It's just yeah, like, yeah, we have yeah. all these sex scenes, all these, look at these boobies out. Come on. Give us, <laughs> give us Jason Momoa's penis. We all know we want it. Give us Kit Harrington's dong. And I'm not, I'm not disputing uh, that. I'm on board. Um, I might be disputing it, but it's fine. So she pointed out some kind of the, 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 the power struggle that Jack knew that mm. it was the wrong waiting room. He was manipulating. He kind of then pulled, kind of pull a Columbo move, which is like pretend to be an idiot as a way of ingratiating yourself and then kind of getting some more oh, information. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jack knows there's no secretary. Hannibal explains no longer a secretary because she was prone to romantic fantasy. She followed her heart to Europe. Um, yeah, she's probably dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, Secretary Souffle. She probably like forgot to bring him his mail one day, and he was like, "Yeah, you did." Apparently, Gretchen Speck Horowitz is a crossover character from Fuller's quirky Wonderfalls, starring Alana Bloom, actress, which I didn't know about. I never heard of Wonderfalls. I love pushing daisies. I heard Um, that, but I read that she was a crossover. I had never heard of the show before, but that was like the busty lady, right? Who am I thinking? Gretchen Speck. Gretchen Speck from the pharmacy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mentioned that in the I think past episode that I like didn't know what show she was from though. Okay. Okay. Okay, I feel like we had another comment on our Twitter. We might have. I know that Kyla also sent us an email about Alana Bloom regarding oh, her yeah. feelings about her as well, that she shares your feelings. And I feel like a lot of the comments I'm saying are like, I haven't, I watched the show two times through before watching it right now for the podcast, but I haven't seen it in like a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm coming at it with the knowledge and with the love of the show, but also a little bit fresh. Yes, and so yeah. I think I'm kind of the way I'm describing the episodes and my feelings of Alana are like, this is how I'm approaching it as if I was watching it now. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm also trying to not get spoiler. I feel like everyone listening to this podcast has seen Hannibal. Yeah. So I'm like, who the fuck cares if I spoil things? But in my head, I'm like, let's let's not. I don't know. No, I know. I I yeah. I think the couple people that I've talked to are like maybe a couple episodes ahead of us, so yeah. they're not like they haven't yeah. finished it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but yeah, generally Kyla's comments about Alana seem to really resonate. She mentioned first that like some of the like awkwardness that we feel about Alana mm-hmm. might be due to the fact that male writers are writing a female character, and yeah. sometimes there's a gap there in how they understand. Yeah, which I appreciate that yeah. you guys pointing out because like you know if someone's so one dimensional, I'm gonna notice it. But as as a man, you know, there's always gonna be gaps in what I perceive, and so oh, I appreciate sure. people ter- pointing those things out because from my perspective, I'm like, no, she's a doctor, she's got interests, blah blah, you know. <laughs> It passes the Bechdel test, right? There's like two women. No, well, I, I'm, I'm kidding, but like yeah, I appreciate no. people yeah. kind of mention these things because, like, as long as characters aren't so obviously stereotypically one-dimensional and like helpless, right. like what's going on? That right. I'm like, well, this is great. There's women in the show. That's usually my complaint about. I can't remember if I've talked about this in the podcast yet, but that's usually my complaint about how in TV shows teenage characters are written mm-hmm. like my maybe one of my top five if not my favorite show of all time is Friday Night Lights yeah 
in which the teenage girl, like the main teenage girl in that show, I Jordana think is, Brewster. No, no, Jordana Brewster is not in that show. You're thinking of Minka Kelly. Minka I mean, that's Kelly, the sorry, I'm Minka talking about Kelly. Coach Taylor's daughter. Oh yeah, duh. Um, what's her face? What's her? Fucking I've only face? seen the first season, and then I started watching season two. And that was during the writer's strike, and I was like, I can't get well, through the first episode. Well, so, so I haven't been watched more than Coach season one. Taylor's daughter, season one. Coach Taylor's daughter is written like a nightmare girl, and I'm like, mm-hmm. who wrote this? Yeah, this yeah. is not how teenage girls are. It's, a, it's crazy. I mean, most TV shows that have teenagers, they're either like way too wise. I remember watching Dawson's Creek and, and as a kid, yeah. and my mom being like, what fucking sixteen-year-old talks like this? Like right. I'm so wise, and all these like sayings. And right. It's, like, it's either that, or they're like so, or they're like I, they won't look up from their phones when they're standing at the dinner yeah. table, and they're like, "Don't talk to me, Dad." It's like that Apple it. ad where that girl says, "What's a computer?" Yeah, and right. Went to... Yes, it's like that. And I'm like, Who the fu- what grown ass forty-five-year-old hairy ass man wrote this yeah, teenage totally. girl? Fuck you. Um, anyway, sorry. You, you know what show writes teenagers really well is American Vandal. I just finished binging yes. the second season of it. Yes, it's me am- too. Amazing. It's so good. And it's so good. Everyone has to watch American Vandal. So good. They second season at, is amazing. They were robbed at the Emmys, y'all, but it, it it is so, so right on to how like high school is. It's yeah. so crazy. And, I, and another podcast shout out, I was just listening to Unspooled, which is Paul Shear and Amy yeah. Nicholson going through the AFI Top 100 yep. films. Mm-hmm. It's a great podcast. They just did E.T., and they talk about how in E.T. it's not like the plucky kids like Stranger Things-esque. Yeah. They're written like fucking kids. And they're kind of yeah. like, you know, sometimes things are over their heads. Sometimes yeah. they're not picking up on what the adults are saying. And they're kind of written like children. Yeah, As opposed true. to kind of like in Stranger Things, other things where it's like the plucky like, kid who's witty, 10 like, but who is like blue. 10 going on 40. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Man, that's great. I listened to their Titanic episode. It's great. So funny. Yeah. Um... So anyway, thank you. I, I know I'm trying to think what, what I sort of skimmed, Kyla. I apologize. I skimmed your email right before we started this because yeah. I'm a procrastinator. And uh, I read it before. There, there's some stuff later about her relationship with Will and Hannah and all that. You know, just kind of talking about how she kind of goes for both those two people for different oh, reasons. Oh, Alana. Yeah, she. Right. Yeah. Exactly. How she is. She's obviously attracted to Will. We've seen that already. But he's sort of not the great choice. As we've heard time and again, Will is unstable for multiple people. Mm-hmm. Um He's, he's, you know, prone to all sorts of illness, <laughs> mental illness and whatnot. Um, and she's prone to analysis and she realizes it's not probably not a great choice. And so mm-hmm. she's sort of um, therefore attracted to Hannibal, but he's clearly not a great choice. Um, so, but thank you. That That's super interesting. And yeah. that really helps, I think, put a, pinpoint a bit more what is obnoxious to me about Alana um, because I still am struggling with what her motivations are. Yeah. She's in Why this episode. she's invited to things sometimes. Like in this episode, I was like, what? She appeared in Chilton's office yeah, and we'll get there. Yeah, but I was like, there. It's interesting. It's, it's interesting the writing of this show now that we've been with Alana. And then Alana's back and Abigail's been gone for the episode. Yeah, it's almost she's been like. Gone for a while. It's interesting to see the storylines kind of go, this is a big plotline, and now we're going to forget about right. it. For yeah, episode, exactly. Which I'm okay about. I got tired of the Abigail plotline. God, me too. I feel like I get tired of plotlines really quickly in, in, in most shows, sure. but I got tired of the Abigail plotline after a few episodes because it wasn't really going much of anywhere yet. Yeah, no. Um, and we needed to introduce the idea of the Chesapeake Ripper. They mentioned it twice before, but this is the episode right. that really like makes it a thing and lets you know like this is going to be the kind of like overarching big bad of yeah. at least the first season, um, yes. this is going to be the thing. Yeah. Um, the there might be other little murderers of the week, but right. but the the Chesapeake Ripper is the, you know, 
Sauron, Voldemort, kind of like mm. this is the like overarching yeah. villain yeah. that we must find, catch. We've always kind of you know figuring it out. I have a question. Please, can we can we pause the recording so I can go to the bathroom? And we're back. The we're miracle back. of recording. I'm sure that was no time at all for you, wow. but for us, it was a good. You know, it was a game changer for it, me. It was a game changer. We feel a lot better now. <laughs> we usually have a beer or so during these recordings, and it was you know it catches up to you. It's fine. <laughs> Human nature. Exactly. Are we haven't even we haven't even started. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Okay. We gotta dive in. All right. Eddie Izzard, baby. Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard. Isn't isn't okay? Is his chosen pronoun he? I know he's transgender. He's come out as trans. Yeah. Well, that's I, I looked that up in like. Because I want to make sure. Did they come out as trans? I know that he dresses. He's been in transvestite for a while. Right, he, They've been in transvestite exactly. for a while. I want to make sure I'm doing the right way. I know, but it, my 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 research was inconclusive. Okay. I, I love Eddie Izzard, and I want to make sure that we're giving him all due. Um, I, I keep saying him, and I apologize if his if we find out that Eddie Izzard's pronoun is not he. Yeah, it says uh, on coming out as trans. Eddie on coming out as transgender says some some uh, headline. Um, did you Google chosen? Did you Google chosen? I just pronoun? wrote. I wrote Eddie is her gender. Um, is Eddie? Yeah, because another kind of gender fluidity has been kind of a, just a just a facet yeah. of of Eddie's transgender uh, activist. Yeah, he I was mean, running for the Labor Party. And this, this calls him. A, I mean, this article calls. Eddie him so I'm it's New York Times I don't know okay seems from pretty, 2018 so it's not like it's dated okay okay great so j- j- just wanted to make sure I was giving all proper due whatever yeah. pronoun he wants to that's cool call himself okay cool so it's him okay. great okay great um, Eddie lying on the ground I love how it's like close up on beard and, and like face and like nose yeah because you're like oh what is this another dead body like oh great um yeah and we are in the psych hospital um we don't know who this sorry yeah yeah sorry we open up on the the criminally insane the criminally insane which maybe they should consider uh renaming um and i just wrote gideon murders the heck out of this nurse they like he's like presumed unresponsive and they take it they put him on a gurney and take him out leave him alone with this nurse Uh, by herself like this is like you go and die like this is like an army like you're alone doing these things in this room this i was like i don't even know who this man is but you're dead i know alone in the clinic i feel like the score is really present in this episode from the get, yeah. from the get, it's just this episode especially, a, a, a little time, especially during the mushroom sequence, I know there's a score, <laughs> but this especially, there's multiple times in this episode where I'm like, whoa, the score is really hitting it. Yeah. And it's really kind of banging. It's, yeah. it's like an under, sometimes it's like an undercurrent of just noise. Yeah. It's and very Christopher it's like... Nolan-esque, like in the score in, um, God damn it. Inception. This, and yeah, that, but more so the in score in Dunkirk, was like a series oh. of clock ticking that he tricked to make it seem like it was speeding up even though it wasn't speeding up. Oh, interesting. And because the whole thing of, uh, of Dunkirk was like time's running out, time's running out. Yeah. And the score basically had underneath it a ticking clock to make you feel like, yeah. oh yeah. shit, oh shit, oh shit. Mm-hmm, and so like mm-hmm. I feel like Hannibal has that a lot, which is undercurrent score, where you just make, it makes you feel something. Yeah, exactly. But this one, I really noted it. Um, it was great. It's wonderful. I would love to know, nerds. Please tell me, uh, who who does the scores for this show? Nerds. I know we got a. Um, I think believe it was Kyla who told us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, who was it? No, oh, I think it was Kyla. Um, 
Oh, it was on Twitter. Sorry, I can't find it. The person who is the food stylist for the show, um, and uh, apparently they wrote a really involved blog about um, styling food for the show. Yes. And uh, were the people who wrote the um, the cookbook. Yes. Yeah, I knew that Which is cool. That they had a food consultant, and man, is there yeah. some food styling in this episode. Yes. So nerds, um, tell us who the, who's, who the musical uh, direction is by. Um, so then it cuts to... Uh, the, uh, Will and Jack at the hospital. Okay, can I say something about Chilton? This is we we're, we're about to meet Chilton, and I'm going to sing some company in a second. But like, so, so they pull up in the SUV, their right. proverbial magical school bus SUV. Yes. In front of them is like a little red Corvette. There's like a little like red. <laughs> I know you're a Prince fan. I have of to throw course, that in. Yeah. There's like a little red convertible. They're all sports oh, car. And, and I was like, I wonder if that's Hannibal's. Oh no, Hannibal's not there yet. That's fucking Chilton's car. Absolutely. He parks right in front of the building. Hands he has his down. little like gaudy, stupid little red '60s sports car. Of you know he. Like waxes it himself. Like that was like I love that little piece of decoration there. You I never saw it again. That. Right. But this exactly. little red sports car that like you, you your brain noticed. You, your brain noticed, and then you meet Chilton later, and you're like, makes sense. Yep, that's his car. Um, but yeah, them walking in, I loved this like moment of foreshadowing as Jack and Will enter the building, and because Will says something like, oh, like, oh, I hate this place, and Jack's like, oh, wow, you like think. I don't know. Will says something Is like... Is like foreshadowing of the telescope scene later? In this? No. Uh, nerds, oh. please don't beat me up for misquoting this because I usually oh. have a good quote, but Will says something like... I won't leave you like, here, basically. Like, I yeah, feel like well, they're Will, not going to let me out. Yeah, Will says, yeah, I feel like... Because, whatever. Jack says, oh, you, you're scared of going in. And he's like, no, I feel like they won't let me out. And Jack's like, well, I won't leave you here. And Will goes, yeah, not today. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. I wrote here. Yeah, you. I won't leave you here. Not today. And he's like, I know that you know that you think I'm unstable. And as yeah, long as exactly. I'm useful and right. stable enough, I'm good. But right. you know. And someone else, I saw this like gift set of whenever they actually go inside the building, and Jack and Will are talking to Chilton, and Jack and Chilton are having a regular conversation, looking at each other. But Will is like not paying attention to what they're talking about, and he's like just looking around the building and sort of like looking behind his back. And someone was like, Jack and Chilton are having a normal conversation. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Will is like checking the exits, trying to make sure that like <laughs> he knows how to escape. Yeah, how do I get the fuck out of here if I need to? All right, Chilton. Bobby, Baba. Oh my God, Chilton. I, I, Raul Esparza. Raul Esparza, man. Is, is, I love Raul Esparza. He played Bobby, the main character in, um, I think the 2006 question mark revival of Company that originally mm. came out of the Cincinnati Playhouse in the park. And was on Broadway, won a bunch of awards. This director, it's a beautiful. I mean, it's, it's my favorite musical of all time. That is, my, it's an, an amazing musical. And watching this episode today, I re-listened to the entire uh, original cast recording of Company, and it's so fucking brilliant. But this was the the what made this uh, revival interesting was that this was the director who did, uh, who had all the actors also play the instruments during the show. Oh, cool. He did it for Sweeney Todd later and other ones for other Sondheim plays, but, like, the actors are standing there, like, playing a double bass, playing a violin, right. and then, like, singing, and then, like, walking around, like, while playing the saxophone, and, like, they're playing the instruments while they're also being the characters. Yeah. Real Esparza, like, plays the kazoo in one scene, because, like, he's he, he's not an Cute. instrumentalist, but he's so great as Bobby. Perfect. It was on Netflix for a while, a screening of it. I don't know where it is anymore, but you can mm. find it on YouTube probably. It's, okay. He's amazing as Bobby. Um, I believe it. And, and I was so happy to see him in this. I wasn't happy to see his beard. <laughs> no, I wrote, his chin strap makes me uncomfortable. It looks fake as fuck. 
I, I, I don't think it's, it's fake. I don't think it's fake. I think it's just trimmed in the wrong place. Yeah. He cut it too high, cl- too yeah. close to his chin. It has to be yeah. like further down yeah, your neck. Yeah, I get the need. I will grow a beard from time to time. Then you'll bring it up, but you can't bring it up too far. You can't bring it up too far. Yeah, it looks it also, like you just stuck a fake beard on your face. It also isn't thick enough. I mean, I grow facial hair, but sure. I can't grow it too long because my beard isn't thick enough. Yeah. And then if it grows too long, it looks gross and puby. Yeah. yeah. And, but his is not thick enough to where it like fills out his face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can see every little strand of hair. I don't. I don't like it. It's like Eminem's facial hair that I don't like. Have you seen I have, it recently? I haven't. I have I haven't been. It's we no talked good. about this last episode about music. I haven't. I heard via Facebook that Eminem was now back, and I don't give a fuck. I don't I just, care. I, I decided I listened to his songs, but his face comes up on my newsfeed, and I'm like, Oh, really? Bleh. I haven't looked at his face. I was it's like, really, I actively am ignoring Eminem. It's really not great. <laughs> um, can we talk about his office? Like, I feel like that there was yeah. an EW article I mentioned, I think, in the first episode that goes through every single thing that Hannibal wears in the entire season. Yes. It's an amazing listicle. Yeah. And it, it called Chilton the pretender to the throne. Yes. Like, he's trying to be Hannibal. Oh, he's trying. I, I wrote that he has some fake BDE. We talked about that at some point, <laughs> oh, too. Oh, 100%. Some fake AF There are some BDE. stag things in the background of his uh, office. Fake. There's, like, a whiskey bottle. So fake. he has, like, a big mahogany desk, these big fucking chairs. And then, like, behind the visitor's chairs is, like, another coffee table. It's one of those offices that have, like, yeah. a meeting coffee table a meeting as sector, well as, like, this is my desk. A little reading And on nook. the meeting desk is, like, a whiskey, more like fancy, like, decanter right. whiskey things. Yeah. And, like, a beautiful crystal ashtray. Enough. As if he's, like, smoking cigars. Smoking cig- cigars just, like, casually in his fucking psychiatric hospital mm-hmm. office. No, he's such a poser. He's such a poser. And he's a little bitch, too. He's about Will. He's like, Will, you are quite the topic of psychiatric circles. What I would love to, like, get inside your brain. Let me ask you some questionnaires. Yeah, he's such a, and he like can't be wrong either. We like he gets sort of pushed mm-hmm. back on by like Alana, I think later on, and yeah. he's like, "Yeah, no, actually, I'm right." Like he just oh, yeah, can't. No. I mean, it's the per- I was thinking about it. It's the perfect jump for him. He is king of this castle, literally a castle. Yeah, he's the king of this place. He gets to lord over. He gets to have his little specimens. Yeah, you know, he gets to do his little fun experiments, and he gets to be this king of this little castle. And it's like yes. a, it's such a perfect jump for him. He's answerable to nobody. He's the king of this little world. It's it, and it's dark in that way because on multiple occasions he calls he calls himself a keeper. He calls himself like a keeper of the inmates there, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he he refers to um, Gideon as being in captivity, like yeah. an animal. When he mentions like ooh, what a, like later in the dinner scene, he goes, "What an amazing treat to study a pure sociopath, you know, right. get one alive," which is a great. Which is a kind of a, I guess a call forward, or it's referencing he's the actor who plays Chilton in Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. who's also equally as flamboyant. So mm-hmm. he must be written that way in the books, which I love. Yeah. And I gotta read almost for that because, like, I love this idea of Chilton. It's like this flamboyant, super campy guy. But he's in the very first scene, we, we see Chilton in Silence of the Lambs, he's saying about Hannibal, mm-hmm. he's a monster. Pure psychopath. Mm-hmm. So rare to get one in the wild alive. You know, he's like, what oh, a nice, yeah. like, he's the crown jewel of my collection, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. And this exactly. is the same thing how he, when he thinks Gideon is Chesapeake Ripper, he's That's like, oh, he's like, oh so him. nice. To, I guess, mm. like, I caught a wild Pidgey. Like, yeah, exactly. He's like a Pokemon. <laughs> Guys, we need a, a, a meme all. of Chilton with, like, the Ash Ketchum hat. Yeah. Like, holding Pokeballs full of psychopaths. <laughs> yeah, make that happen, y'all. Whip that up. Send it to us. Do free work for us. Do free work. 
Hey, we we gave you guys that uh, that Ratatouille Hannibal crossover. Like, yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did, and it makes sense. And you can't say that he's not. Yeah. Whatever his name is, Jacques from Ratatouille. Yeah. I don't remember the kid's name. I don't name. remember the kid's Remy's name. Remy's the rat. That's all I know. Oh, cute. I think his dad name was... Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> there's no time. Um, okay. What, I feel like I had something the, else to say about Chilton and his, like, just bizarro... I mean, I think that what he's wearing, but we'll get yeah, to costumes we'll, we'll later. Get to that. I decided to put a C in the circle, like a copyright letter next to all my costume Smart. notes so that it really jumps out at I me. I know. I used to... Hi- I typed my notes and I was, like, highlighting them, but I didn't. Again, lazy. Um, the whole central theme of this entire episode is... Eddie Izzard, or Dr. Abel Gideon, Mm -hmm. which I love that name. Um, Abel Gideon um, confesses to being the Chesapeake Ripper, who's this murderer, monster, who's been terrorizing the Baltimore Chesapeake area for years, it seems, Mm -hmm. and they've never been able to catch. Last time, he went dormant two years ago. ago. Uh, That was around when Eddie Izzard was brought in for murdering his wife and kids? He said wife and somebody else. I can't remember now. I watched this morning. Um, And... So, like, that's kind of the thing. He's saying he's the Ripper, yes. and they're bringing in Will. Like I said earlier, fact-checking for Freddie Lowndes. Will's so offended by that. I, 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 yeah. Freddie Lowndes reported that Abel Gideon is the Ripper. Like, unsubstantiated claim. I'm sure Chilton had fed her the line. Yeah. You're um, not talking about whenever they, they talked to her about no, doing this, this like you mean previously. This is kind of setting up the whole story of the episode, gotcha. you know. Um, and that's kind of the big central theme of this episode is, is he the Ripper or is he not? And, like, what? who is the Ripper? We learn much more about the Ripper and, like, the background of trying to catch the Ripper. Yeah, that's interesting. I think at this point I've been confused and, like, conflating who the Ripper was. But that, like, the we came in, the series started with the Ripper having already done a bunch of crimes that, like, we didn't see. Is that yes. right? Okay. All right. Um, and they mentioned it twice, saying we thought it might be the Chesapeake Ripper, but there's no organ trophies or whatever. Right. It's like he killed yeah. or he did the impaling while whenever they were dead and he does it when they're yeah. alive and blah, blah, blah. Things like that. And I don't think it's a spoiler because this episode paints it real thick is that Hannibal is the, the Chesapeake yeah. Ripper. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I thought, okay, so my, my original thought was the Chesapeake Ripper has been dormant for two years. Um, Gideon's been in prison for two years, but then kills again. So they're like, oh, clearly he's a Ripper. I'm assuming Hannibal probably set him up in a way to make him look like the Ripper so that he could just keep on ripping or like... No, no, no because think about later when Hannibal's reading the, the article well, that's why I was confused. and he's fucking pissed. That's why I was like, why is he mad now? Because I thought that he would have oh, set no. him up to be the no, Ripper. No, no, Chilton. Oh, Chilton's this is the psychic, psychic driving, driving Yes, him. yes, yes, yes. Now I'm going to blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're right. No, you're Chilton right. I'm like putting the wants dots together. to have... Sick. Chilton wants to say, Absolutely. guess who I got? Yeah. You're right. You You're know, right. that's got, why he's so I got Capone in my prison. Like, yep. I have the Ripper. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. That 100%. Makes, that makes sense to me now. Great. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. Um, oh, God. The way he killed this poor woman. Will recreating the. This is probably the most complete mm. uh, sequence of Will recreating a murder I think we've seen so far. Mm. Previously, has been little bits where he's being it. This is like. He's lying there and he's like got his shoes off. He's like oh, barefoot yeah. Will. And he rips it out of his hand and then like just strangles and he goes as he's right. so her upsetting. Eyes out. So upsetting. Yeah, we see it from start to finish and we see her he we see him take the the metal whatever like IV bag stand mm-hmm. and we plummet it into yeah, her. Impaler. No, you're right. We Vlad the Impaler style. Which and then I thought because we see the ending, the end result of the nurse all yeah impaled mm-hmm. logistically how do you do how does one 
impale someone on so many things in that way? It's a great question. Do you like in, like impale them when she's down and then try to stand her up? Or do you try to like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, you know, listeners, if you guys know the, the ergonomics of this. Again, I need to I go in like study the tape more. I need to go back and like <laughs> I'm a football player. Because she was like the woman on the stag head. Very, very similar to um, that. And very similar to the Chester Gipper's quote-unquote last murder. Right. Which was also impaled on a bunch of spikes right. and steel girders and stuff. Anyway. I wonder if it's like a teepee where like you have the, the angles all all going together, it'll stand up on its own. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking as well. Oh. But there's some geometry. Gruesome. Needed. Yeah, there's some <laughs> this is unholy some geometry. geometry. <laughs> unholy geometry. <laughs> and that's when we learn about uh, uh, Miriam Lass, who yeah. is, she had been mentioned before, but I don't know if by name ever. She was Jack's most recent, like, she was his protege. She was, she was yeah. a trainee. We had heard of whenever Will or Hannibal asked, have you ever lost a pony? Mm-hmm. That And Jack's like, oh, you mean a, uh, an agent? Yes, I have. Like, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm looking something up really quickly. But okay, yeah. Talking. Yeah, and so that, that's a. There's lots of flashbacks in this episode because it's Jack kind of um, reminiscing about Miriam Lass's death. And I know this this coinciding with um, Bella dying is, is really weighing heavily on him. Yeah. This kind of guilt of, I couldn't save Miriam, now I can't save Bella. You know, what am I good for? How can I exert agency how can I exert control which he even mentions in the last scene with Hannibal you know how can I take back control over this and um I love the, the first scene of Miriam which by the way the actress who plays Miriam I can't remember her name but she's great she's um Klumsky yes yeah, she's in Veep she's in Veep she's and she's fantastic. so good in Veep and she was in uh, another Armando Inucci movie um In the Loop which is the kind of movie version of the British version of Veep which Armando Inucci did first called the, yeah. the in the 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 thick of it, which is great. Nice. Um, and, um, yeah, she's like, she's correcting him. She's like top 5%. He's like, you're going to have gonna to stop <laughs> This is, yeah. and we learned in the Bella, it was last episode, that yes, our, our suspicions were confirmed Jack was military. Oh, okay. And we were like, yeah. what is this yeah. all this? He, That's he's right, he's the army or whatever. Yeah, and so, you know, because he, he was stationed in Italy when he was catcalling Bella. Um, but so I, right, yes, yeah, prom, hashtag problematic, uh, hashtag me too, hashtag mm-hmm. time's up. Um, I found what I was looking for. Hashtag stop Kavanaugh. Ooh, yes, uh, Kavanaugh. Um, nice. So <laughs> um, Miriam Lass, it's like another one of those Brian Fuller crossovers. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so Lass is the last name of the family in Dead Like Me. Oh, wow. Um, and so the idea is that Miriam is like, a family member of like that family and dead like me. Wow, um, I assume she was in the books. I don't know if she's in the books. Bookheads, uh, Get let us. us know. But um, so there's there's that, um, and then early. Wait, have we had this up? Have we done this episode already? I'm so confused. Um, I don't think we have done the episode where like the girl can't see. No. Okay. I can't fucking wait for that episode. Okay, great. So I'll talk about it later then because it's like another crossover. Got so it, got anyway. It. I think that. someone else mentioned that to us on Twitter or something yeah. about the girl I can see. Yeah. So I think this, the Ripper's hot right now. <laughs> like, all I could think of was Zoolander. Hansel. Yeah. So, so hot. hot right so now. hot right now. As <laughs> in like, you know, yeah. he, he, he's going he's gonna to kill him then and then he'll go dormant. So basically he's like, I need you to go after him yeah which is like a big vote of confidence I feel like 
Well, I don't know. Is it like the fact that he's trusting this like trainee to sort of take on this lead here? Is that a big vote of confidence? Or we've also known Jack to use people. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, she's she's smart. She's got a PhD. She's got blah blah yeah, blah. Right. She's she's like unbelievably qualified. Definitely. Um, and so he's like, we're. I can use you. Yeah. I also wonder if it's like, hey, you're a trainee, so therefore you're cheaper or expendable. I don't know. But also right. he, says, he says, I'm losing manpower. I think it's just brain power. He doesn't have anybody. I don't know where Will yeah. was two years ago, but obviously not uh, available. I guess still so, working homicide, maybe? He might have been still working homicide. <laughs> Getting stabbed. I love... I want that. That's one thing I want to picture. I want to picture Will in like a police outfit, working homicide. <laughs> and also, beat. later we find out that Hannibal was like you know ER doctor because yeah. Miriam sees him. And I'm like, I want a picture of Hannibal like in scrubs, in scrubs, and like orthopedic shoes. And like Bailey walks by. Oh my gosh, we need a Hannibal. Grey's Anatomy crossover. Shonda, I know you're listening. Yeah, Shonda is a big listener, big Shonda, fan. Come on, Shonda. Shonda. Shonda, listen, it's just us three here. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. You've got so much time now. And so much money. So much money. You You've got dad. Netflix behind you now. Come on, girl. Yeah. All Give right. us the crossover we all need. Make Dr. Lecter in the ER. Mick Grossi. <laughs> 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 um, okay. All right. So we were back at the, after the Miriam flashback where he sets her off to chase the Ripper. We were back at the Baltimore hospital with Chilton. Alana. Who's just there. She's back because, you know, she's she's called in for psychological help. We need another set of eyes. Well, and she said she met with Eddie Izzard. Like two years (laughs) ago. Like two fucking years ago. And I love how Chilton throws shade about her, like, assessment. He goes, it was helpful. He goes, more or less helpful. And then (laughs) Alana goes, like, totally knowing the shade he was throwing, like, well, I'm glad you found it helpful. Like, she's confident. She Mm -hmm. she has a BD. I love, I think this is why I like Alana a little bit. And she's like, and (laughs) Will's like, more or less, like, like he's like, fuck right. you, Chilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely taking up for her with that yeah, little, with absolutely. That little thing. Well, again, Chilton's being a little fake ass bitch. He's he just is so snooty. Um, yeah. So obviously, Chilton thinks he's the Ripper. He is dead convinced, and he won't be told otherwise. No, that that um, that Gideon is is the Ripper. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, and him. then they and then Alana goes in to go talk to Gideon. Oh, sorry. That's I'm like fine. very loud. Um, and then Alana goes in to go talk to Gideon in his cell, sort of um, Silence of the Lamb style. Yeah, Will and Alana both do that. Oh, yeah. Very Silence of the Lamb I didn't style. see Will initially. He like pops up out of the shadows. And I think it's a time jump. It, they're they're back to back interviews for compare and contrast, is what Alana said before they went in. So they're both interviewing him back to back, basically. Oh. But the way it's cut, it makes it seem oh, like it he's makes it seem like they're both there. But earlier, but she not. says we'll be interviewing back to back for compare and contrast oh, to see what wow. he says to each of them. Y'all. You know, does he say something to Lana that he says something different to, to, to Will? I get it. Um, yeah, I guess the, the the question I don't know if it's Will or Lana says like who needs convincing about who who's the Ripper? Yeah, do you need convincing? Are you convincing yourself? Right. You know, right. you're not really sure that you're a Ripper. He's not being like it's the Ripper and the Ripper. He's like that's what I did. You know, like what do you need from me? Right. Right. Um, you know, and Will immediately was like, I don't buy it. He's like, this is fucking plagiarism. Yeah. This yeah. is good plagiarism, but it this is not it is the Ripper. Plagiarism. Exactly. Um, right. And he knows that from not only just speaking with Gideon, but like the crime scene. He's like, I I, I see the Ripper, but I don't feel the Ripper is what he says. Yeah, wrong. basically. Yeah. A big thing that happens with Miriam also is that Jack keeps getting a phone call. 
He gets it at 248 at home at first. Right. And it's this recording of Miriam. Right, um, right. Um, right, sorry. We can go there if you want, if you if you would like to. Right oh, before no. that is um, whenever Jack comes to Hannibal's office and he's like, tell me what's going on with my wife. And Hannibal's like, I'm not going to do that. No, no, I um, can't tell you. The biggest thing I was like, Jack, you understand what HIPAA is, right? Like, yeah, right. This isn't. But then it cuts to scene later when he's like, fuck warrants to like Miriam. And he's like, and he's like, fuck confidentiality, go find medical records. I know. That's what bothers me about Jack. I'm like, you. how did you get to the highest rank in this department? And you're like, fuck warrants, the fuck HIPAA. The ends fuck... justify the means, baby girl. The ends so justify the real. means. That's so real. Larry, like, honestly, I wrote Larry emotional. I'm shook. He. I mean, yeah. This is like Lauren Fishburne is a legitimately great actor, yeah. and like that's what makes this show so great is that it has it, it's cast brilliantly, and he can pull off like I did not hear that, but he can also pull off like mm-hmm. husband who's emotional and trying to f- like find a foothold of control. Absolutely, he feels like he's losing control of his world, and Jack is someone who needs to have a handle on his yep. world. Yep, yep. Um, oh, you're right. Um, and there was like a brief flashback there, where um, where he like takes her. He take, Jack takes Miriam to a crime scene, yeah. another a, a wound a wound man very a very wound similar man situation. very similar very to similar. the nurse. And he's like, "Tell me what you see here." Mm-hmm. What you? And she's like, "Oh, well, it happened here." And then she starts describing the the killer's like race and age. Well, he goes, "He's male." You know, they're kind of profiling. And he goes, "Not white." He goes, "No, he's exotic somehow." How? How the fuck would you know Will, that? I mean, how does Will know any of this shit? How does Will know that he got <laughs> a thing out of his hand and, you know, said, shh, we're putting her eyes out because it's because you just buy it. Okay, she's like some kind of crime scene savant. <laughs> just, it's like a silly thing. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I could How think- did Will know that, like, I didn't care if she was, if she knew that she yeah, was dying from her yeah. episode because because okay because okay is the answer. It's no, a buy. And I know. you know what? I buy it. I buy. It. I need to suspend my disbelief more. I guess I'm, I'm just being critical for the sake of the podcast, I suppose. But I'm like, it's not very Sherlockian, where it's like no. I saw that blah 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 blah, blah and yeah, this whole little sequence like, of like all the actual little bits of evidence exactly. that he walks together. Like maybe show me how you know that he was quote unquote exotic somehow and non-white. Maybe. You know, like what is? Yeah. Anyway, that was so. Jack has a peculiar cleverness. Peculiar cleverness. He's the guru. We call you the guru. I was like, what a f- terrible nickname. You couldn't think of this isn't better. costume. This is facial. We talked about uh, Charles oh, Beard. Yeah. Larry has the goatee <laughs> in the well, flashback. How else are you going to show the passage of time, Jack? You have to put the facial hair on. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, what does it mean? He had a goatee and now he's got a soul patch. You know, mm. what happened? No, um, just, they just think the audience is too dumb to realize this is the past. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, yes, we get the call from Miriam at his house, which he is shooketh by. 100%. You know, this is all happening right now around the two-year anniversary of all this, right? When the Ripper is, quote-unquote, being caught, who is not. Yeah. You know, he's like, no, this was the Ripper who did this. He's not. He's pissed. You know, he's he's lashing out. He's trying to yeah. fuck with me, basically. Right. Um, and this is when Zeller is like, are you sure there was a call? It was the middle of the night, blah, blah, blah. And he's like... I wrote the whole thing down. He goes, yeah, right. The whole you didn't continue to question me on this Z? <laughs> Why don't you leave the room while it's still safe for you to be here? <laughs> yes, no, and that's and then that's when Zeller's like, how did you know? I mean, how did you know you were going. awake? Yeah, it was late. You were so tired. And there's this beat where Jack looks at him and he's like, I know when I'm awake. Which cuts to then Will, like, at, yeah. at his office, like, <laughs> and then, then, then the feathered deer appears. And then it's like, hey, were you dreaming? 
He's like, no, I had a fucking nightmare. I still understand why. Is that his office? It's both the classroom and his office. I had the exact same thought. I I guess it. It's it a must terrible be. use of space. What I if get... other people want to use that classroom? No, 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 no. That's Will's classroom. That so would Would you weird. have been surprised? You know how you work in academia. You know how yeah. some faculty are like really fucking demanding. Yas. Would you not be shocked that Will's like? This is my space. No one uses this classroom. Blah, 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 blah. All these insane demands. But because he's willing, because Jack needs him, just like, fine, whatever you want. Yeah, I, I believe that, except in, in, he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have, like, he would have, they would have just given it to him because they were afraid of him. I don't think that he would have gone to Jack and been like, I need my own classroom and my own space. And da, da, da. I feel like Jack would have been like, just listen, and like gone to the person who schedules oh, rooms and wow. would have just been like, just give Will his own space. Like, listen, you don't want him to have to move around. Oh, he gets really shook. That's like, interesting. Yeah, was he, did, did he make this as part of his contractual demands or did it just happen? I think it probably just happened. Yeah. Just it, knowing I, everyone is like so weird about him and like so, they were probably just like, just whatever, we're gonna make it happen, who cares? There's lots of exterior shots in this show, especially of Quantico, that, that, that kind of like vertical shot of like the smokestacks. Yeah. I don't know anything about Quantico, Virginia, except that that's where the FBI Academy is. And like FBI headquarters, like is that what it looks like? There's like crazy, like brutalist, like smokestack looking we can thing. Look it up. Yeah. We can if you want to look it up. <laughs> I rather just pose I'd the question. Just, just toss it out. Just there. pose the question and hope someone else answers it for me. Um, we finally see the exterior of Hannibal's house, which looks very similar to Hannibal's office. I know. I think and he then, lives there. I think he live. Doesn't he live at his office? No, the building looked a bit different. It looked a bit different. I thought that was his house. I feel like he wouldn't live above the shop. Oh, no, you're right. No, he doesn't live there. We do actually see the, ox- the outside of his house. Yeah. I'm thinking of like a, another like key pivotal scene like later yeah. on, and it's different. Okay. this is These are pictures of... It's um, very Quantico. like utilit- utilitarian government looking, big blocky. But it's not what oh, they no, show in the... Oh, no, that's the one in downtown. That is oh, the that's FBI in headquarters in D.C. Excuse me. Sorry, everybody. That that's is Chicago. the FBI... Oh, typed in Quantico. Oh, oh, is this it? Who the fuck knows? Now we're getting down into the depths. That's not what we saw. We saw like smokestacks. What in the world is this? So listeners, just tell us what the hell that was. Yeah, send us pictures of like the actual Quantico building because I feel like we've given our listeners a lot of homework. Please, guys, you got homework, you know? If you're going to listen to this, it comes with responsibilities. (laughs) We're the laziest motherfuckers in the world. It's great. I'm Uh, into it. It's great. We got to just watch the show Quantico with that Indian girl. Is she Indian? I don't want to miss-ethnicize her. She's probably British and ethically Indian, and I'm a fucking asshole. What's a code? Sorry, everybody. <laughs> she's very attractive. She is. She's cute. Who is this? Who are you? Who are you? So we're about to cut into Freddie, which is a oh, great segue into Priyanka costumes. Priyanka Chopra. Yeah, Nick Priyanka Jonas's Chopra. new... Yeah. Um, fiance. She is Indian. Oh, good for you. Good oh, on you. Yes, nailed it. She is Indian. Congrats. Fucking thank and she God. was Miss World 2000. Wow. Hell yeah. Um, okay. I we feel like cut. we should do a segment. Yeah, we, we should do our segments now because we're about to get into any more stuff. And also, there's so many costumes that are about to there's uh, a lot. unvurl. There's there's a lot. Unvurl? Unvurl. unfurl. Well, welcome. So let's just dive into it. We're doing ETC, right, first? ETC. Okay. You you. Which one do you want to do? 
All right, we have a, gonna... we have a selection. Um, I are we are... you choose. I chose last no, week. You're right. Okay. So every bef- between our um, recordings, Jack and I will like go to the store and try to find um, strange things to eat. And we're always like sending each other pictures. Yeah. Like, what about this? What about this? I posted one on Twitter today. It's the next day I recorded. Oh, okay. um, of when I went to cookout, which is anyone living in the southeast knows, North Carolina, Tennessee knows the mm-hmm. the it's just like fast food chain that's like insane. And they had this new sign called Cookout Rounds, and I was like. What's what? that? And she goes, it's basically deep fried hash browns filled with cheese. So I, so I was like, I'll get that. And I posted a picture of it. Um, to, and I quoted Hannibal saying, did he that, that make the lamb make me? <laughs> I posted to our Twitter. <laughs> Hashtag eat the crude. Uh, all right. Sorry for the crinkling. So, um, oh, what's we should do our um, Adam's family. Sure. Eat the crude. 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 Great. Wonderful. Uh, so these that we have with us today are Hershey's Kisses, except they are, um, it says, flavor of Hawaii, pineapple <laughs> coconut flavored cream. They should have macadamia nuts in them if they're flavored Absolutely. Hawaii. Um, pineapple coconut. So it's basically like, oh, so, fl- so it's flavor cream. See, I was hoping it'd be like oh. little bits of inside chocolate. So it's, no, it's white. It's the whole it's thing. Flavored. Solid. Um, and it's in this like nice like teal packaging, naturally and artificially flavored. Just FYI, one hundred. Oh, this is disgusting. It smells like suntan lotion. It you ever, does. Listeners, you ever had Malibu? That was like my drink of choice in high school. It smells yeah, like Malibu. It does. It does. So this is like a pina colada. It's like meant pina to be a pina colada candy. Yeah. I don't Hershey's know why, kiss. and I was thinking, this is such a good time to do eat the crude because it's fall and there's so oh, many Halloween candies, Halloween like flavored and themed yeah. foods. That's why I was confused with this flavor of Hawaii, like seemingly summery um, Hawaii boshi that I found. All right, boshi, ready? <laughs> boshi, yeah, like bullshit. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's yeah, really. It's oh my god! All the way through. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's Jack like coconut. It. It's like a coconut cream. Oh, it's so gross. Oh, wow. It's really coconut. Honestly, here's the thing, guys. Pineapple, it's so context specific. Yeah. I don't. Oh, man. This is so gross. Jack is like choking this down. (laughs) This is like. (laughs) I don't mind it so much. This is like I'm eating copper tone right now. It's so. It's very suntan lotion. You have this this like really strong coconutty like aroma in, in my nasal cavity. And pineapple, yeah. pineapple's a funny flavor. It's good, but it's only good when it's good. And if it's not, if it's in the wrong place, it it's tastes really artificial. This and artificial. It has this like pineapple-y sourness that's like cuts across oh, it. Man, I, the the suntan lotion is just continuous. It's really disgusting. <laughs> it's really not. It's really disgusting, listeners. Um, we do this for you. Go out and buy it, but don't. But buy it. But you know? buy it. You know, there's 20 carbs oh in it. Oh, my God. I'm sorry we didn't do a video of us on Twitter doing this. but I know. I kind of want to eat another one. Really? I what just... kind of a monster are you? I You put five. No, no. You put, <laughs> yeah, you put five on my notepad. In what? I mean, I'm a monster with no respect for my body. And I got, like, the jumbo bag. <laughs> like, I don't know. So Perry's going to have a fun go. time. No, I'm going to put it in this little dish here. And maybe the, 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 the students that come into my office will, will want some. Um, oh, that was really right. disgusting. I'm going to eat another one. There's um, more of this left. I'm going to put a little bit more. This should be yours, like the crowler. But no, I, you're fine. I, I needed a, something to chase it with because that's... Wow. You know what? Here's the thing. That's not good. I, I, coconut's one of those things like pickles that's like really, really um, uh, polarizing. Yeah, exactly. I love coconut. I love toasted coconut yeah. d- donuts. I love coconut things. Yes. But, but 
if it's in the wrong place, it's like fucking sunscreen. I love Almond Joy. Yep. I love Mounds. Oh, I love Almond Joy. This was disgusting to me. It's it like Malibu. It needed to have like an almond in it or it needed to have like a macadamia, a, a macadamia nut. nut. And if you're doing Hawaii, you should have had a macadamia nut. Absolutely. Come on, guys. Come on. Is anyone from Hershey's listening? Hershey's. Oh my gosh, that was that so was, loud. That was everyone listening into your car just like had an accident because that was so loud. <laughs> Hershey's, I know you're listening. All right, come on. Uh, put a macadamia nut in your taste of Hawaii. Hershey's kisses. <laughs> macadamia nut. <laughs> uh, I think that really drove home the message. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Um, oh, everyone, write Hershey's corporate. I wrote Chipotle corporate to bring it down to our city uh, <laughs> back in the day. Oh, no. Are you taking, uh, you taking credit guy. for that? I'm that guy. I'm taking credit for it. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so bad. Wow. That was great. Thank well, you for that. Well, do you want the other thing? We no, no, do no, a double no, no, feature. No. We can no. save it. Let, look at the clock. I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm you're, sorry. you're right. You're right. And... But look at the clock, and we should keep going. No, you're so right. Okay. Um, okay. So th- 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 there's obviously themes. Like last time it was angel-themed with our, our edition of Chilton. I had to do both these company-themed intro and outro songs. Mm-hmm. Costumes, costumes, costumes. Costumes, no vest, leopard print, print, no vest, leopard print, in comes costumes. <laughs> Goatee tie bars, in comes costumes. Do, 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 do. Oh. Yep, so, That's yeah, it. let's where, dive into costumes. The, oh, hold on. I'm sorry, I didn't have it handy. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was waiting for. I had that. I was happy to do it recorded. What's he wearing? What's he wearing? <laughs> Everyone watch Half Blood Prince. It's the shit. Um, oh my god, there's so many costumes. I guess we should talk first about who the hell we talk first about. I mean, we when we first see Alana, huh? Chilton? Yes, yeah, Chilton. He's wearing a, kind of a simple suit. Um, both of his times, he's wearing a suit that they're, they're double breasted. Yes. Which is like a very much like I'm trying to be kind of old old world. Right. Move definitely the double breasted. I didn't like when he was sitting at the desk, his tie was pulled a bit too low when he saw his top button. I've talked about this before, and I don't Don't like like that. And it used to be, I was having this conversation with someone last weekend, I can't remember where, and they were like, that was the look, apparently back in the 1910s, where like, you would have like your, the collar you'd like put onto your shirt, and the tie would intentionally be lower than the button, there's the whole look. And I was like, listen, it's 2018. Right. We've evolved past, society has moved on. (laughs) Stop, yeah, Um, And we've figured out that like having that, Button being visible is bad, bad news. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he's just wearing like a nice blue suit. I was like a a pinstripe shirt. He wears the tie bars a lot. He's and I love tie bars. Tie bar, yeah. I rock a tie bar. I wear a long. I have a few tie bars. I like a tie bar. Yeah. He wears his a bit too high though. Yeah, I was gonna say at that when you wear it that high, it's just an accessory at that point, right? Oh, one hundred. It's always an accessory. Well, okay, right. But I mean, (laughs) just a little functionality if you're like a tall person and you have a long tie or something. I guess, but like. I read somewhere it could be bullshit. Please, like I think putting it up really high is a choice that's not unheard of, but it's definitely a choice. I've I think I read that like putting it in between the second and th- the third and fourth button, okay. kind of more around where your sternum is, yeah, and, and your xiphoid process, um, right? That's yeah, yeah, and having it right around there. Okay. So so when you're closing your two button suit, it's above the second button, sure. but it's not so high. So the second high. Button. 
Well, okay, and I don't wear ties. Maybe it's because he's wearing a double-breasted suit, which closes higher. Oh, which closes higher. You're right. Okay. Okay, but here's my question. Does the tie bar keep the tie to the shirt? It keeps it to the shirt, right. Yes, and it's a less destructive version of like a tie pin, which you used to have when you actually would poke a hole through the tie tie. and it would go through your button loop. Yeah. Um, But tie bar is just, it's a little clip. Either it's like an actual little tweezer clip Mm -hmm. or it's just like a money clip, which is just like a thing and it kind of, Mm -hmm. it's tight enough that it It clips on, on. slides on. Cool. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm all about tie bars. Interesting that he had no jacket on in the second scene we see Chilton in during when, mm. when Alana's sitting Alana's there. there. And I and she's like, that's a very power move. Like, I'm my own office, so I can take the jacket off. Which I feel like yeah. taking the jacket off is a very much like a, if you're in your shirt sleeves, traditionally it feels like that. Mm. that's very casual. Yes. You don't yes. wear your shirt sleeves. And then I always remember being told, I, I, I remember being told about like formal dinners, if the, the patriarch or like the host of the dinner right. takes his jacket off, then it's, then it's okay, okay for everyone else to. So I feel like him with his jacket off in his office is very much like, I'm the king of my castle. Right. I'm granting you now permission to do to whatever. Ca- to, yeah. yeah, right. I like that. Um, yeah, Alana's in her typical wrap dresses. That chain link cardigan. Is that how you call that pattern? Chain link? It looks like there's a bunch of chains on her cardigan. I didn't see. In the first scene, when she's, uh, you know, Chilton's saying it was more or less helpful, she's wearing this like black dress or something, and she's wearing like a cream colored or yellow cardigan yeah. that has like like the like chain pattern. Oh, okay. On it. I'm I'm gonna trust your vision here. No, it looks good. Okay. It, it looks fine. It looks <laughs> right. It looks fine. Um, and then when she is interviewing Gideon, she's wearing I don't know if it's the same dress that we're talking about, but another sort of like. That again, and I. It's again, the same thing. She's wearing. It's the yeah. same thing. Okay. I, whatever. I'm not even gonna. I'm just like it, her skirt lengths are always quite like I have questions about them. We're talking about skirt length. We're talking about Freddie Lowndes right now. Oh, baby, mama mia! Can I describe? Okay, can I describe what she's wearing in this one, and Please, then you can no, describe her no, next. D- describe them both. As <laughs> I was watching, I was like, I cannot wait for Melina to, to describe. What she's wearing in both of these scenes. Okay. And I have another theory about Freddie Lowndes that we're going to pause it once we do all this. Please. Ooh. Okay. All right. Hold on. Where Where are my... Holy shit. While you're looking it up, I'm going to talk about Jack. I have a theory oh, about I Jack know. Crawford. Go ahead. Um, in all of the flashbacks, so we talked about before, he's wearing very muted colors, mm-hmm. dark, dark pea coat, dark shirt, dark tie. Yeah. In all of the flashbacks, he's wearing a light colored shirt mm. and his, his overcoat, it's like a tan-colored overcoat. And I wonder if Miriam's disappearance and death kind of drove him to be more darker. Absolutely. And then his color pattern is now darker because of that. I can get on board with that. I like that. Yeah, all of the flashbacks, which a lot of them are like black and white. We're like, I guess like, sure. this is a flashback. Right. Um, but you can tell they, they were, were like light shirts. These were like white or cream, like light-colored shirts. I buy that. I'm, I'm sold. I didn't Great. even uh, notice that. Thank you. Um, okay, Freddie's outfit. I wrote, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> she is wearing a sheer top, a black sheer top and a black bra, clearly, because the shirt is sheer. Yes. A tweed coat, like a, like a charcoal color, like mm-hmm. tweed coat with feather detailing around the cuff. Yes. And a leather mini skirt mm-hmm. and black tights. And the belt. And the belt. Freddie has the best outfits, just time and again with the little, like the feather detailing or the prints or the whatever. But I was like, what an outfit. She looks like a dominatrix. She looks like she's there to like 
mug someone. Yes, I don't it's know. It's crazy. She's her bananas. outfits are. Um, I want to know what her closet looks like. I want to know where she goes shopping. Oh right, yeah. Where does she? The go feathery shopping? cuffs, lingerie, the fuzzy. Stores. I wrote fuzzy cuffs. I couldn't tell they were yeah. feathered. I wrote fuzzy cuffs. Yeah, yeah. Which is very kinky. That that phrase anyway. Fuzzy it, cuffs. It, it is. No, she. I was like, wowie, wowie, for like a what's supposed to be a professional meeting, like or something like that. But uh-huh. with, between like Jack and that's whenever she it's she meets her up with at the Jack table and, with Jack, Will, and Alana. And Alana. And Alana in that scene's wearing a wrap dress, like a wrap her dress. standard classic. And what is the pattern? It's like drippy. It's like a weird kind of like melty was, pattern. Yeah, it's like some sort of because it goes from like red to white to black to white to red again, and, like and it's sort of like. like yeah, I don't know how to. It describe looks like it. when you melt a bunch of crayons and kind of like, yeah. brr, brr, yeah. like drips down. Yeah, classic. Will's classic got a jacket Alana. and tie in that scene. The one scene he's got a jacket and tie on. He's in his classroom asleep, wearing a jacket and a tie. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes into interview, not interview, talk to Freddie, ties off. Okay. So it's, I wonder okay. if he had just taught a class, and mm-hmm. maybe that was why he was in that desk. I don't know. I don't know. He's always wearing something utility. When he was meeting with children, he was just wearing like his typical like yeah. cotton button yeah. up, whatever. Like, like business cash yeah. on the cash side of on, business exactly. cash. You and want to talk about what Freddie's wearing when she goes to meet uh, Abel Gideon? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna refer back to a theory that I had about a similar outfit she wore because this um, to me sort of solidifies it. But she's wearing something like skinny it looked like maybe skinny jeans like yeah. dark colored skinny mm-hmm. jeans or like skinny pants or something mm-hmm. like that a red leopard print cardigan mm-hmm. buttoned all the way mm-hmm. all the way up all the way up and then black leather gloves yes and the score is amazing he goes you're going to talk to him and the score is like bum, 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 bum. and she's like here I am everybody it's such a fucking power move I know she had boots on too I didn't see. It wouldn't surprise me if she if she did. Um, yeah, she's got like knee highs. Oh, perfect. Oh gosh, Freddie. I wish she had thigh highs. I wish she had like the, those boots. I never wore them. Are yeah. thigh high boots comfortable? They look like when you bend your leg, they would be uncomfortable. Um, I don't know. I've never worn okay thigh high boots. I got my never thighs mind. are too big, y'all. <laughs> um, but I I think they're sort of fashioned in a way where like there's some bend to them at the they knees, have to, so you that's not like they're cutting off the circulation. Got it. Um, oh but that God. outfit reminded leopard. me of yeah the leopard outfit reminded me of a very similar like animal print outfit that she wore whenever she. Um, like snuck in to see Abby at the at her psych hospital, mm-hmm. and I remember I was like, "Is this supposed to be like, ooh, she's a predator, and like she snuck in and like encountered her?" And we were like, "I don't know, maybe," but like now I'm thinking maybe there's something. Oh, to I this, definitely like, predator think so. I mean, she has that. Theme. I wrote BDE because she talks oh, to yeah. during during the scene when it's right before that interview uh, when it's you know Jack them saying we want to get you to interview him and then report yeah. that he's the Ripper to flush the Ripper out. Yeah, and she's like. What kind of sociopath are you? Like they're basically like la- 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 labeling all the right. different like profession sociopath, and she's coming right right back at them, right. and she's so fucking calm, and she's, she's so like, chill. I'm not gonna be out cornered. I'm not being outmaneuvered. No. I'm a no. fucking queen. Yeah, because she's I like, what's her. number five? Oh, I don't know. What's number six? And she's like, well, do you know what number seven? And like back yeah. and forth. He's like, five is surgeon, her. six is journalist. And she goes, what's seven? He was like. Law enforcement. Speak up, Will. Speak up, Sonny. Um, oh my God. No, so yeah, her outfit that. is Banoonies crazy. The leopard outfit. So I have a thing about the gloves. She's always wearing gloves. It she seems like. Is the listeners? Let me know. Is there a scene in the earlier show where she's not wearing gloves? Because now I have a theory. So the mm-hmm. X Man Rogue 
her mm-hmm. mutation is when she touches people, mm-hmm. she like absorbs their either their mutant powers or just their life energy. Exactly. She she almost killed her first boyfriend because she kissed him and that fucking almost put him into a coma. Yeah. I think Freddie Lowndes is rogue. Ooh. It's Anna Paquin all grown up. Without the gray yeah, hair, and without the gray, she dyed the gray streak in her hair. But her hair was like red. Was it red with the gray streak? I don't know. It probably wasn't. It was like brown with the gray streak. I don't oh, care. Man. I just I want to be like this is like this is, this is rogue. Yeah, <laughs> she has the same mutation where it is rogue. <laughs> I love it. You know, Marvel, what? get at us. Right, exactly. Head of Marvel. <laughs> Again, we're just pitching crossover after we're, crossover. We are killing it, we guys. We're nailing it. Like, there are all these fucking people in Hollywood with pitches. Like, listen to this podcast. You will get oh ideas gosh. for content. Right. What more do you need? Like, you, you can make the else. checkout to the ethical butchers. No. Thank you, and you're welcome. No. I guess the last thing to talk about is Hannibal. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing about Alana, real quick. Um, Later, she's wearing a red cardigan, whatever. She's got a ponytail. Yeah, I noticed that, too. Have you seen her hair pulled back never, before? Never pulled back. And I'm trying to figure out what the scene was. Was it, din- was it dinner? It was dinner. No, was, I thought she was... No, it was dinner between her, Abel, Gideon, and, and yeah, 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 Hannibal right. when he says right. some tongue. And yeah. she's, wearing, she, she's got the red cardigan, dark... She's wearing dark a gray, sh- dress gray dress and, and the red cardi, yeah. And she's got a ponytail, which is interesting. Yeah. I, whatever. Yeah, she in with his blue thing... Oh my God, Chilton. We'll talk about Hannibal in a second, but we got about Chilton. So in the dinner sequence, he's got his like blue stripes, blue pattern tie. It looks fucking bad. It's like really clashing. <laughs> yeah. And he's got his campy ass, like double-breasted tan suit. He's like got it. Un- he's yeah. got it. He's got it open. He's sitting there with the wine, and he has his rings, like signet ring. And I yeah. always wonder. I was. That's so funny that he. He's like a, a, a dude who wears a ring. This is Chilton, right? This is Chilton. Okay, okay. Because I was I saying. No, sorry. So I was. I was saying someone last weekend. I was at a wedding, and both of the wedding photographers were like, you know, cool bros with like mm-hmm. the button-down shirt with like the man bun and like mm-hmm. a few rings. Yeah. And they pulled it off perfectly. And I've seen Mark Maron being able to yeah, pull off like yeah. that. And I was saying to someone, I was like, I would love to be like that kind of a guy who could pull off. Yeah, accessories. Non-wedding ring. Really. Yeah. Like, I'm married, I have a wedding ring on, but that's the only ring I have. Mm-hmm. Like, being able who could pull off rings and have it not be like, what the fuck are you wearing yeah. rings for? Poser. And Chilton has, like, that ring on on his right hand oh. ring finger, and it's just like, oh, it was amazing. He's obviously, like, he put that <laughs> like, on for the dinner. Right, so he could just be like, oh, ha, ha, and, like, sort of toss his hands in yeah, there. Like, it's amazing. My ring. His tan suit. Uh, yeah, he's so, so great. obnoxious. Multiple scenes in this, Hannibal is not wearing a third piece. Really? No vest at dinner, no vest in the in the flashback scene with Miriam at the end. Right, because he takes off. his jacket off. No, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and his shoesies off. Oh, his little footies patting the gun across the ground. Um, no, you're right. He's wearing three pieces earlier in the scene. I yes. think when he's meeting with Will or something And like when that, he's but... reading on the iPad, pissed off. He's got blue and paisley on. Looks yeah. great. Yes, the blue and paisley. When we first see um, Hanny, I think, um, when he is, when Jack's emotional with him, mm-hmm. he's got his beautiful poppin' yellow pocket square. Oh, I love that. And he's that. got the paisley tie, and his shirt is like this insane pattern. I wrote, that shirt? It wasn't just like striped or something. No, it no, was no, no, like... no, 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 no. It was something else. Oh, because I noticed that outfit. I guess I must not have looked closely. I was, I was also watching it on my phone, so like the detail is limited when you're watching it on an yeah. iPhone six. But wow. Yeah, it was like a like an interesting pattern. It wasn't was striped. Like, it was like some kind of weird patterned shirt. And he was like nonstop paisley in this episode. He's all paisley all the time. In I the know. flashback scene, he has this big floral esque paisley tie. 
That's beautiful. It's a signature thing, I guess. I used to work for a lady who only wore black and white. Okay. I know. I was like, all right. She, that was like her thing. She only wore black and white, and she carried red accessories. She only carried nice. red handbags. Well, that's like Jason Manzukis, who has like mm. jeans and a white Oxford. Yeah. And that's just what he wears. Yeah. Yeah. It's his like uniform for years and years. It's all he wears. So easy. Yeah. I wish I could do that. I know. I could right? do that. We could. I should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just be like, I'm only like khakis and. I'm a dad. I'm going to go <laughs> cargo shorts and a tucked oh, in t shirt. No. <laughs> And flip-flops. No, with... no, wrong, wrong direction. <laughs> wrong direction. Any other costumes? There was a lot. I knew we had a lot because we got I Chilton, know. we had Lana, we got Freddy. It's just all the heavy hitters in this show. I didn't really pay attention to, like, what... Oh, Katz was wearing, like, her cool, like, leather jacket. Puffy, like, with the, almost like, like a bomber jacket. Like, right, almost, like, like, it was yeah. like a deconstructed bomber sort of situation. The high boots. Like, they're, like, cowboy-esque boots. She always looks great. No, she's great. She looks fantastic. Great. I think okay. that's it. That's, that... That's costume. Play us out. Awesome. We're going to play us out. Okay. Of course. Okay. Wrap dress, double breasted, side by side, by side. Always with gloves, always with paisley, side by side, by side. Listen to company, uh, everybody. Listen yeah. to company. Wow. Thank you for that. You always put so much thought into your songs. It's and really every, every enjoyable. recording, I'm like, fuck, I forgot to do Eating the Crude song. It's really fun. And I don't do it until I watch the episode. No, of course. Yeah, you've got to get your references. Right. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like we really, we covered a lot. Let's see. Reading, you know, we, Hannibal's reading Freddie's article, and he is furious. He is and fucking he is, pissed. He's reading like, on his all right, iPad. time to step it up. Yeah, reading on his iPad. He's like, all right, shit is has gotten really yeah. uh, real. Jack's got a call from home, and then he gets the call from the cell phone later. Right. Which is what leads them to the observatory, which is Rusty AF, I wrote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little unkempt. I mean, no, it's probably not a big hotspot touristy thing. I guess the, the, the biggest sequence are is the flashback. But before that, we should talk about the dinner sequence, because there's, there's a lot of interesting character development in the dinner sequence. Yeah, yeah. When he serves them a chatty lamb. A ch- it was an especially, he serves them tongue. You ever eaten tongue? <laughs> No. I've had tongue. I've had tongue no, tacos. In no. some Mex- like authentic Mexican places, that they, 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 they have like lingua tacos. Right, right. Was it, is it okay? Was it it's, it's chewy. I can imagine. Yeah. I'm sure the way Hannibal is, it's slow cooked and it's, it's great. they were cutting through it like butter. I know, right? I love Chilton goes, the ancient Romans would kill flamingos just to eat their tongues. And then Hannibal goes, don't give me any don't ideas, me. bitch. Because you've been especially chatty. So was he calling him a flamingo? I think so. Well, he is very flamboyant, much like very, a flamingo. Very. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I like that. And then, of course, we get into this like weird interaction about psychic driving, right? Mm-hmm. Where Alana's like, oh, psychic driving, very controversial topic. Unethical. Un- unethical. And Henny says, actually... Well, he, it, well, I wrote this down. He doesn't say this quote by quote, but I wrote, Hanny's like, quote, actually, sometimes it's okay. Because Hannibal's like, oh, you know, sometimes it's uh, productive. It's responsible. It's responsible, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, by the way, um, I need to get something out of the kitchen. Uh, Chilton, do you want to help, me with, help me with dessert? And they peel the grapes that have a grape with nothing to hide. I feel like that's Chilton, like, Hannibal's doing this thing, and Chilton's like, what's the metaphor? What can I say? It's witty. Right, right, okay, great. What can I say? Come on, witty. Chilton, get it together. like, a shape with nothing to hide. <laughs> and Hannibal knows, like, he manipulated him. Hannibal's like, you yeah. know, I would have done it. 
Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm much, what does he say? I'm much more forgiving of the unorthodox than Dr. Bloom. Which we already knew when he gave Abigail shrooms. Hello, right. (laughs) And he was not her doctor. He gave a 18-year-old shrooms. um, Shroom tea. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to Google what Night King Driving was the first time I watched this show. Mm -hmm. It's basically like suggestive. It's kind of like when, speaking of American Vandal, when um, you do interrogation that's basically leading them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a foredrawn conclusion. Yeah. So when you were the Ripper and how did you kill this? Like, it's basically I know, accepting I just, the foregrown conclusion. It's asking leading questions. It's if you if you guys have watched The Staircase on Netflix or Making a not. Murderer on Netflix. I have watched that. It's it's that same sort of idea where like poor Brendan. Poor Brendan. Um, I think he's out now, right? I think that's what I heard. He like was commuted or something know. like that. Oh, poor kid. But right, where you you have an idea in mind and you ask the question like, well, you know, how did you how did you kill her? Oh, w- with a knife? No. Yeah. Well, you remember you bought the mm-hmm. bullets and then you killed her with a oh yeah. a gun? Oh yeah. Oh well, he confessed. Yeah. Like, well, it's really interesting. I was listening. I think it was on the the French Connection episode of Unspooled. When the, they, they had a cop in talking about interrogation, because there's a scene in French Connection when Gene Hackman's like just saying nonsense, and mm-hmm. the guy's like, "What? What? What?" And then he gets him to confess because he's like disoriented. Yeah. But apparently, what cops will do, and if you guys are ever arrested for something, first thing, don't fucking say anything. Don't say anything. Anything. Literally. Um, but what the, the cops and he'll do is he'll sit there and he'll go, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> and then just ask a question like that, yeah. and then get the guy to go, "You know, I'm sorry," and like just start just spilling. Start rambling. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Aye. And the, the CIA would always say, like, the tr- silence sucks the truth out. I think that was in, mm. I don't know what that was in. I read that somewhere. I saw that in a movie somewhere. But, like, just, just sitting there with silence like, sucks the truth oh, yeah. out. You feel compelled to just fill the air with something, mm-hmm. and you're going to end up incriminating yourself falsely. Um, okay, so we get to the observatory. Mm-hmm. Where is this? I don't know. <laughs> somewhere Listen, in Maryland you're or Virginia. Asking, you're asking the wrong questions. I didn't look at still, the Chiron. Is it still, I don't think there was a Chiron. Listeners, was there a Chiron? Was there a Chiron? Again, more homework. No, we'll look it up later. Um, I don't, it's it's probably. Well, I know. We'll we, look we actually probably won't. <laughs> um, it's probably a Mar- Well, I was thinking where where it would have to be somewhere out in like the boonies of Maryland to have an observatory to see anything, right? You and it looks like it's not in use. Like if it was like, there's tons of universities in that area, so it could be in a university, but sure. it doesn't look yeah. like it's functional. No, like in active use by no. a university. It's like sitting there fallow. I agree. Um, rusty as fuck, and then that's when he finds we have to presume this is uh, Miriam's arm holding the cell phone. Right, because Jack says, oh, they, they left a phone number, let's give it a call, and it rings, and they walk in, and the we, arm's holding a cell phone. When we had asked about time periods in the past, we said, like, they have smartphones, everyone's got Blackberries now. This Blackberries. Everyone's well, got they're Blackberry. more secure than iPhones are. Are they? Yeah. So the president had Blackberry, and Obama was like, mm-hmm. Obama had an iPhone? Because like, d- during his presidency, iPhones were coming out, and he yeah. was like saying, like, it's so unfair, like, all oh, my staff have these phones, and I'm like, what's this? And like, he, he, he got one, but it had nothing on it. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 right. No, they were like, yeah, right. And he had his Blackberry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're more secure. I'm guessing that's, I'm guessing that's why the FBI has them. Um... And then we're back in we're in Hannibal's office, after, right? We Jack yeah. and Hannibal are enjoying some nice. Although I will say one thing, yes, by the fire. Yeah, go ahead. Um, um, but right before it comes to the fire side with Brandy, there's a thing next to the dead body that goes, "What do you see?" Yeah. I guess it's the telescope. Like, what do you see? Do you see Miriam's arm? I guess. But that's the sea coming back again. I know. Well, I thought that I was like, yes, that's the sea coming back. But I was also like. Isn't that what Jack says to Will every time they go to a crime scene and he asks Will to look? 
And he's like, what did yeah. you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, totally. I don't know. So I was like, is this a note to yeah, Will? Or is it a note to, to Jack? Jack saying, you're asking people this. What do you see now? Right, or, right, exactly. And the irony of that is definitely layered in there. That's just why. Right. I know. I was like, what? I had hard to, it could mean so many things. I couldn't pinpoint what exactly I wanted it to mean. Have you ever had brandy? Like, just brandy. I've had it in, like, cocktails at fancy cocktail bars. Like, brandy's in this. But I don't think yes. I've ever had just, like, a, a nice brandy in a snifter. You know, I like whiskey. About I guess I haven't had it by itself. I've always mixed it in something else. So, yeah, no. Yeah. Like, I'll put it in, like, cider or I'll have it. Yeah, or cider, I'll go to a nice cocktail bar and there's something that seems wine. interesting that has brandy in it. Yeah. But I've never, like, in a nice big brandy snifter, because those are meant to be, you, you smell it and oh, you yeah. kind of agitate it. And you sip at it slowly, which they were doing. I don't think I've ever had brandy like that before. I don't think I have brandy. I prefer bourbon and scotch, so if I'm drinking a brown liquor, a spirit like that, just, just a spirit, right. that's going to be what I'm going to drink. I tend to not prefer just things on the rocks, like whether it's brown or, or whatever. I And and I prefer the clear liquors. I'm a gin. I'm a gin girl. Gin is good. Gin is so I'm starting good. to really appreciate gin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's, you know, we, 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 we have the flashback of Miriam meet Hannibal. She kind of tracked him down. Yeah. Um, oh, this was so... I remember when they cut to Hannibal. The first time I watched this, and she's like, you can see she's talking to someone, you don't know who it is, and it cuts over to Hannibal. I was like, <gasps> yeah. you liar. No vest Hannibal, and just, oh my God. Um, yeah. Um, it's tough, because like this is when... He goes and finds something. Like, I, t- I kept journals. I didn't remember this person. I worked in the ER, you know? Well, and it's this is such a funny scene, right? Because she's like, well, yeah, you worked in the ER, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I don't, maybe, maybe not. And she's ready to leave. She's like, all right, well, okay, bye. thanks so much. And he goes, I did keep some journals, actually, if that would be helpful. And she's like, yeah, sure. And I was like, that's the moment he was like, she's dead. She's getting too close. Yes. Murder time. Yeah, because... I, at first glance, you might think he killed her because she stumbled across the sketches. Yeah, no, no, She's, no. She goes, oh, take a look around, which is interesting. Right. Um, I'll take a look around. I wouldn't have done that. No, I would have been right. like, I'm going to sit I'm here. I'm going to stay right I'm here. I'm going to sit right here. Um, but she takes a look around, look at the sketches, and then she uncovers, or, or is about to uncover, a sketch that is eerily similar to the body she found who was right. all pinned up. And that's when he comes a creeping tiptoe down the stairs like, like Santa Claus with his no shoes. Right. And like, it's really upsetting. It's it's really upsetting. And I was reading something that described, um, that quoted the how that scene was in the script exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like described him as like, hovering over her for just a moment and then coiling his arm around her and her like struggling like Mm -hmm. she did and she kicked the table over but he is like solid as a marble statue and just like holds on to her like unshaken and sort of puts his face to her face Mm -hmm. until she dies and I was like it's really intense it's really crazy but right so he like takes he disappears up his little ladder into his little like predatory um, balcony and and just and unveils that beautiful uh, shirt of his. Can, yeah, can, can, can I don't know why he Sorry. took his jacket off. I guess for ease of, of yeah, killing her probably movement. Restrict his movement. And if she could have ripped the jacket, that could have been something in the crime scene, possibly. Sure. Um, when she's walking over the sketches, I just noticed this. He had all his books, and they're all like n- faceless, nameless, like whatever. Mm. There's one book that just says drugs in big fucking print. Just book, 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 drugs. One just says drugs in really big writing. And I was like, what? Well, you know. It just says drugs. Just Listen, sometimes the simplest thing is the best thing. Yeah, yeah, I get it. 
No jacket, no shoes, no service. Um, <laughs> it's interesting watching it this go around. The first time I went around, it took me a long time, if, if ever, for me to kind of not root for Hannibal in a little bit of a way. Yeah. The way it's structured, it's called Hannibal. He's so seductive. I mean, he's mm-hmm. the devil. He yeah. is literally like he's like Satan. He's yeah. so evil and he's so charming. People are drawn to and him. And he's seductive and, and he. You know, he's the puppet master, all, all these different things. So you, you're kind of like, is he like a Walter White anti-hero? Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to root for him or get, you know, like... Right, it, right, right. The story sets you up where you're not necessarily, he isn't the villain. Right. But he is, but he's not. But this go around, especially with this scene, I was like, fucking monster. Yeah. It yeah. drove home a bit more watching it this time around where I'm like, oh, what a... This guy's a it fucking... It was like self-preservation this guy is, this at, guy all, at any cost. This guy is evil. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. Because especially in the beginning, you're like, this guy is, is helpful and he's interesting. And like, I'm drawn yeah, to him. Yeah, he's a murderer and a cannibal. Who cares? And like, yeah, sure. Like, oh, and like the back of the head, you're like, yeah, I know that. But oh, he he cooks so well. And no, you're rooting for him. But I know it's like he's hasn't quite shown himself to be the bad guy. We know he's the Chesapeake River or we now know that he's a Chesapeake Ripper. But yeah, you're still like... He's sympathetic. He gets more sympathetic. And, and I think. he's charming. It's and like Richard the Third. Like he's the bad guy, but he's the main character. Right. Exactly. So you're like, you know, you don't want to root against your main character. I, mean, I guess no. Will's the main character, but like, you don't want to. Hannibal's right up there, and you don't really want to root against him. No, no, you don't. And even um, when it gets more oppositional, right? I was gonna say it does get more oppositional. I'm st- I was still like. Yeah, catch just him, like hoping but he gets away. You just want to see, see what see he's more. capable of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're right. So that's just something I've been no. dealing with, watching it this go around again. I've been like, okay, you're a fucking monster, and like it's hitting me harder again. Yep. Um, okay. So what did you think of this episode? I loved it. I loved it. This was like truly the entree of, of this season. Mm-hmm. We got to see, finally got to see children. Finally got to see... Um, Abel Gideon um, and we're seeing Will fall apart even more and we're seeing that like twinge of just evil in Hannibal or, or I don't know I don't want to call it evil so much because it's I don't know we're, we're seeing that um, menace that like highly intelligent psychopath or whatever they mm-hmm. call him um, so I'm willing to grade this oh in the costumes I'm willing to grade this like a 9.5. It's really up there for me. Mm-hmm. 9.5 um, lamb tongues. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I get all that. I mean, this episode literally has everything that I love about it Hannibal. Does. It's got the crazy murder sequences. It has the insane lines. It has the, the great characters. It has the right costumes. The great set pieces. It, it, it's got everything. And from, from a plot and story perspective, it's hugely important. It is. Um... You know, and so because of that, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Ooh. You know, like, I gave the last one 9.5. And again, like I said, this is not going to be a bell curve. Right. This is my only 10 I'm going to give. I might give a fuck ton of 10s. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love this show. There's a reason we're doing a podcast with the show. Uh, but I'm giving it 10 out of 10 drug books. <laughs> Drugs. Go back to the last scene. Watch the drugs. I, I could not no, not I'm notice that. I'm surprised I did not notice that. Yeah. Because um, we're doing a podcast about it, I will, like... I'm watching it again for the plot and everything else, but I watch it for like random bits of set decoration. Yeah, I was gonna say you've been much more observant than than I have from with like the costumes and the set and the sounds and the lighting and stuff like that. I'm like w- worried about what they're saying and like what they're doing. Well, this is why you noticed that he was sniffing his cancer, and I was like, oh, yes. but did you see the color of his tie bar? <laughs> we need 
the both. We need the yin we and the yang. We had the yin and the yang. That's and right. again. What is he wearing? That is the eternal question. All right. Well, thanks so much. I'm going to do your, your part. Please, 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 please. <laughs> thanks so much for listening, you guys. Um, follow us on Twitter at FButchersPod. Um, hit us up with your questions, suggestions, corrections, whatever. Um, you can be mean. You can be nice. Whatever you want. Whatever you want to be. Um, check us out on our website at TheEthicalButchers.com. And then email us. Um, we've gotten so many great emails and yes. really, really informative emails. Um, I know it's hard to sort of say what you want to say over um, however many characters, 280 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so hit us up at EthicalButchersPodcast at gmail.com. So this episode is recorded, mixed, edited, produced, all that good stuff. I'm sure it shows by Melina (laughs) and Jack Us, the Ethical Butchers. Um, Our theme music is by Sean Hills, and our logo design is by John Larson. And I was thinking we should get those on t-shirts. We should get, at least for us. What? The Ethical Butchers thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's got to be a t-shirt. Coming soon. Coming soon. All right, everybody. See you in two weeks. Take care. Adieu.